Welcome in to the Husker After Party Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. The Husker After Party Post Game Show is brought to you by Action Plumbing, AC, and Electrical, Gary Michaels Clothiers, and Brandt Excavating. Now, here are your hosts, Jake Bockelvin and Nick Sainert. Welcome in. It is the Husker After Party Post Game Show, 93.7 The Ticket, ticketfm.com. Nick Sainert, Jake Bakoven hanging out with you guys. Shout out to our sponsors, Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical, Gary Michaels Clothiers, and Brandt Excavating. Once again, Nick Sainert and Jake Bakoven hanging out with you guys. Want to hear from you guys the entire show today, 402-464-5685, as Nebraska loses 49-14 to at home against the Oklahoma Sooners. Buck, good afternoon. Yeah. What are your first thoughts after Nebraska's loss? Uh, well, very frustrating um, for a lot of Nebraska fans. I mean, we kind of had that renewed energy with Mickey Joseph. The pregame, the first drive, uh, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It I think, good. I think it might have been the most fun that we're going to have this year or I have had this year. And uh, unfortunately, that's becoming quite a theme for uh, Nebraska football is the, you know, the, the, the high point of the season is when yeah. you jump up on somebody early and then it all falls apart. But um, that's what happened today. I think that there were obviously several issues. The defense n- still needs a lot of work. The offensive line is in a really the bad place. The offensive line is atrocious. Yeah. And, and, and that's putting it lightly. And losing Prohaska obviously didn't help. We knew they weren't great at tackle last season. Um, same guys now going in there, and, and that just, just didn't work. So just a lot of work to do for Mickey Joseph and um, and just a crazy day altogether. I mean, I think it's hard to avoid the, the Urban Meyer part. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, lot of things to discuss here. I know it's not going to be people's favorite uh, after party, or if we can call it that an after party, because this is – Nebraska, Oklahoma. This was, uh, you know, this means something beyond just the game week and when it's in. Um, this is not very often the second time Nebraska that Oklahoma's actually come into Lincoln as a non-conference opponent. Obviously, the first time since being back in the Big Twelve, and so this is a this is a team you you just want to stick it to. You at least want to co- play competitively in. And uh, Oklahoma could have named their score today. They they called off the horses, but it was that type of game. So something new that we're doing this week, and we kind of want to involve you guys, the listeners, head over to our Twitter page, 93.7 The Ticket on Twitter. Uh, new this week, the American Senior Benefits Player of the Game will be selected by you guys, the listeners. So get to Twitter now to vote in our online poll. The voting will run for 90 minutes, and then it is closed, and it will be announced later tonight. Tough to uh, d- decide on a couple options. Um, there are four options here. And we ha- it's between Casey Thompson – who finished um, 14 of 20 through the air, 129 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, There's also Trey Palmer, who had 10 catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Luke Reimer, who led the team, was tied for the team high in tackles with eight. Or A.J. Allen, who uh, was the second leading rusher on the team. Gabe Irvin got in some some garbage time uh, and actually was the lead rusher tonight, seven carries for 60 yards for Gabe Irvin, but... Uh, A.J. Allen finished with 11 carries for 49 yards. Just a really, really disappointing game. Want to hear you guys, uh, your thoughts all day long, all afternoon long, uh, 402-464-5685. There's a lot of discussion about coaches. There's a lot of discussion about, and we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that, but want to hear your guys' thoughts. Let's go right off the bat to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we're joined 
by Dominique. Dominique, what's on your mind, man? Hey, Dom. Uh, hey, guys. How y'all doing? Um, just wanted to give a shout-out to Mickey Joseph, first black coach. Mm-hmm. Well, however you want to say it, mm-hmm. first black head coach, football. Yeah. And shout-out to the Sooners and us because both my family is the dividing line. So I just basically just sat back and watched the team. I kind of want to double back to a, a comment I made on during the spring game. And actually, you took my text about the offensive line. And I kind of want to make this comment. It's really it's now it's case in point. We really should have put more uh, put more thought into uh, recruiting more of the offensive uh, offensive line, or at least you know we tried the defensive line, but a lot more offensive line in the portal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's case in point because the only time that we even got the a, a uh, transporter on offensive line was due to injury. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to put more efforts in the offensive line. And hey, we'll see if we can go from there. Go big, red, boomer sooner. Thank you, thank you, Dominique. Appreciate the call. Um, once again, 402-464-5685. Bach, I'll say this, man. <laughs> I mean, you look at this game, and I told you this. Um, we may have predicted, I may have predicted a Nebraska win. And did I really believe it? No. But did I believe or think for a moment that Nebraska was going to come out and lose 49-14, to basically 49-7 to prior to that game? No. I did not. I knew this offense was bad, but I thought that the or excuse me the defense was bad, but I thought the offense would be able to do a little bit at least. Yeah, and to Dominique's point, I mean that's again something that I think I think it's it's just kind of funny um, because some people can get caught up in the off season, and obviously a lot of us did um, and hype and, and get excited for it and say, well, Scott Frost definitely won the off season this year. Yeah, but when you look back at it. You know, last season that was the—I mean—that was the biggest issue they had to address was the offensive line, and they—they they just couldn't get it done in the transfer portal. And so you knew that you were going to be dealing with pretty much the same guys, and you hoped that Raiola would be the hire that elevated you. That you know, I, I'm not ready. You know, he's just a few games into it. Maybe he can get going. And again, he's working with the same pieces that they had last year. But obviously, that was not a quick fix that they were hoping for. Um, and so. That offensive line is going to continue to be a problem. They need to kind of get that addressed. The next coaching staff will, yeah. or, or you know, if if Mickey Joseph is retained. Um, but you know, to, I, I guess I, I guess I wasn't. I'm not blown away by the results today. I thought that there was a possibility that you see this. I mean, because we have to we have to acknowledge that this is just a lot to put on Mickey Joseph's plate, it's, and it's he not, tried this to is push not Mickey some Joseph's fault right. This week. But he, I mean, he had he tried to push some buttons to get Nebraska going, take away the black shirts, yeah. Um, you know, change practice schedule, take away music, whatever. And and hats off to trying to get that going. And, and again, it was special preseason or you know pregame. Um, just kind of felt the energy was revived. But that is a lot to ask us. To come in and face a top ten team uh, for your first game, and you have six days to prepare for it. Exactly. Obviously, you're taking over a position that's not ideal to begin with. That's why the the, the coach was like, "Go!" That's why you're there in the first place. Yeah, but uh, it, and it it just that's why today's such a punch in the gut. Now they're going to have a bye week, and they can you know kind of figure some things out, and then we'll really start to be able to address and, and test what Mickey Joseph can bring to the table. But um, obviously, the energy dies down quite a bit. Um, as opposed to just even a close game or even a close game through three quarters or something like that. Um, it, it, it's sad, but it, it, you know, because I think the energy lasted a week. We'll see if it can pick up, but yeah. at one and three, it's going to be hard to. Well, I guess I, maybe if you want to put a positive spin on this before we go back to the phone line, maybe if you want to put a positive spin on this, I suppose, um, this made no strides or 
did not set you back for competing for the Big Ten West. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like that—that that was something that we said. I said going into it with you on the on the pregame show, Bach, was as mad, however bad you want to beat Oklahoma, it doesn't hurt you if you lose this game in terms of competing for the Big Ten West, and it really doesn't. However, the possibility or the chances or belief that Nebraska can compete for a Big Ten West division has dropped significantly, not only just because of Scott Frost and them having to make a coaching change and how bad this defense looked in the previous weeks, but how bad they look today. Like, the, the first the first couple minutes, th- this game, as Faisal Five Times says on the text line, this game was so fun for 10 minutes. Here's the thing. It was, because Nebraska came out, they allowed a first down right out of the gate, and I, I thought to myself, I was standing at the rail yard like, oh boy, here we go, this could get out of hand quick. And then Nebraska was able to stop them on the next three plays. And I thought to myself, okay, there's a, a renewed energy. Nebraska deferred. They put they, they still, despite how bad they looked last week and in re- the previous weeks, they still decided to put their defense out on the field first. They got a stop. They forced a punt. They actually fielded the punt. Yeah. And then they're able to score a touchdown. You're like, okay, they came, they came ready to play today. And then you have a horrible, on the very next possession for Oklahoma, once again, week after week, a horrible pursuit angle by the defensive back, Miles Farmer. Horrible. And Dylan Gabriel gets loose for a 61-yard touchdown. All right, how's Nebraska going to respond? They just fall apart. It was the one time today for three and a half quarters after that first possession offensively for Nebraska where they got hit in the, in the gut and they just fell down. Just did not respond. Well, and I hey, think their, their next three drives, sixteen plays for three yards. Yeah, it got it got really bad. Um, but it, it became apparent there after a while. And I think Brett Venables kind of picked up on this. Maybe they, you know, I, I guess go back and watch that first drive, see if they were bringing pressure. But it became very apparent at some point that if you bring pressure, they have superior athletes in Nebraska's offensive line is, yeah. is clueless slash lack of athleticism to to hand it, handle I, it. Somebody says on the text line, positive spin, are you kidding me? Against the second team, we were competitive. I don't want to be sitting here and just dog on Nebraska. So I am going to try to find a somewhat of a positive spin because for four weeks or even for four years, what have we been doing? Talking about how bad it is. Like, it's not fun. This is horrible. Yeah, this but... Is defla- <laughs> I'm, I'm it's going to be hard, it, hard no, 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 to find a positive no, I'm going to, I'm going to tell it how it is. Yeah. The offensive line is atrocious. Nebraska continued to shoot themselves in the foot, whether it was false start penalties or losing possession of the football. It's same thing over and over and over again. And it's like, the off- like as so many people have said, the offensive line, you're not focusing on it. Like, that, that is where this whole thing starts, mm. no matter who you ask. Whether, I mean, Bryce Benhart, and I hate to call out guys, but Bryce Benhart needs to put a hand on somebody. How many times in the first quarter, in, in the first couple of quarters, Casey Thompson was sacked four times in the first 15 minutes of game up, time? Yeah. I mean, when you go back to previous years, whatever Adrian Martinez did at the beginning of the beginning of the or excuse me at the end of the games with turnovers and things like that those are his fault but it shows that no matter who you put back there at quarterback if you don't have some bit some little bit of a quarterback run in your game plan mm-hmm. you have no shot because this offensive line is not sustainable. Well, and that all. was the danger with the whole plan going in to begin with, though. I mean, again, this has all been calculated in a long-term plan for Nebraska, 
And the concerns that you had in the offseason about not building that offensive line, like Dominique said, or getting a, a non-mobile quarterback. And, you know, he's mobile enough. He had three rushing touchdowns. But you could see today even Purdy did a better job of evading and, and would do a better job of evading um, the rush. He can kind of get uh, pretty stuck in his ways back there and get pretty hit. I mean, I should say, you know, stuck in his fo footing. Um, that this plan, that's why the, the whole plan was a bit odd to me is you have a bad offensive line, let's take the run game element out of it. Uh, that can make you a pretty one-dimensional, especially if you can't get the running traditional run game going. To your Big Ten West point, though, by the oh, way, yeah. too. Hey, I'm trying. I'm grasping at straws I know. Here, I'm it, grasping at straws. I'm just saying the problem I is... I know. The problem is that it's not that Nebraska <laughs> impresses. It's that the rest of the Big Ten West That's looks worse. That's where it's at. Because, I mean, you have Northwestern, who's on the... I don't know if they're still... They the lost. They, they lost, lost to Southern Illinois. They lost to 0-2 Southern Illinois. At home. The Salukis. Um, that's that's a team that beat Nebraska though. So I mean, again, hey, hey. it's it's it is it, it is. is rough going right now like, for Nebraska Purdue football. Purdue was up at one point nine to three to Syracuse and Dino Babers, who I'm surprised has not gotten fired yet. And like <laughs> yeah. like you have these Big Ten West games. Wa wa uh, Wisconsin lost on the or at home last week to Washington State. Minnesota looks like the best team in the Big Ten West right now. And they haven't played anybody. They yet. haven't played anybody. But you could argue has Nebraska before today. No. Had Nebraska? Like, I, I've tweeted this out before, and I keep saying it. How enjoyable is it going to be when Nebraska just beats the teams they're supposed to beat? We go out on a Saturday against Buffalo, against Georgia Southern, against Akron, and say, yep, we, we have confidence, a full, full amount of confidence in our guys to do their job and walk away from this one saying, listen, we did what we were supposed to do. Don't celebrate a win because obviously there's always room for improvement. But, like, I would, I would welcome a 35-7 to win over Akron right now where Nebraska then gets away from it and you don't have guys when they get called for a pass interference still standing up and celebrating that they made an incomplete pass because guess what? You didn't look back at the, fo at the football. You didn't do the basic fundamental things that you've needed to do all year long. And that's a part that all is, is, is a big part of why this defense is horrible and why this offensive line is horrible. Like, and I hate to, I hate to keep dogging on them, but like, I, I would welcome a 35 to seven win over Akron right now where they walked away from it. And we know the coach would like Mickey Joseph would, cause we know how Mickey Joseph operates in his short time here in Nebraska. And once again, as Bach and I have prefaced it, we can't blame this loss on Mickey Joseph, right? And I would fully expect quite a few changes, both coaching, personnel, day-to-day -day operation changes here in the next two weeks with the bye week. Yeah. But, man, it just tells you the, the fan base, I, I think Joel Klatt said it perfectly on the, on the broadcast, which shout-out to Joel Klatt for picking up for where Gus Johnson yeah. uh, under the weather. But before we get back to the phone lines, this fan base is getting tested. And, and their loyalty is getting tested, and it's it's heart it's heart wrenching. 
Well, and that's why this, this it is deflating. And yeah, and shout out by the way to the fan base for sticking through. I was it was like forty two to seven, and I know there's a lot of people that left, but just as compared to around the nation, um, they actually sat there and watched a lot of it. So shout out to them. But again, this next hire is is just going to be so crucial for Nebraska football. Obviously, yeah, moving which forward, we want to talk about it a little bit, and here. we will. But what I what I what, you know, it's just like when you watch a football game. You make a mistake, that's fine. You just got to you got to brush it off and keep going, but you can't compound your mistakes. And when you look at coaching hires now, you've compounded your mistakes with Mike Riley and and obviously now Scott Frost can't miss on this third one because I mean, that you're, then you're talking about a decade of really being in the doldrums. So, yeah. um we'll see what they do and obviously there's a lot of talk about that, but um it's a it, it's a very crucial time in Nebraska athletics especially. You know, it just it hurts a little bit more that this was Oklahoma. It hurts that 100%. this is your this is your rival. This is a game uh images of greatness of Nebraska and Oklahoma obviously meeting on the field. And this is the lasting image that they'll get of you, and you know, until your next out of conference matchup. I mean, let's be real here, Buck. How many times is Nebraska gonna just fall apart on national television in front of everybody's eyes? Well, to be fair to the Scott Frost era, they kept get a lot of games close. They did. This was like a throwback to the Pliny era, kind of. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I, I think about Big Noon in 2020 that they they got blown out on the road at oh, Ohio yeah. State. You have college I, game I guess, day. Yeah. I guess when, There's a, a, few lot, when a lot of eyes are on you, Northwestern, you yeah. didn't do, take care of business. Illinois, you didn't take care of business. Like you've had opportunities, and Nebraska is going to keep having opportunities with a lot of eyeballs on them. Whether it's in a week zero matchup, whether it's on a Friday night, like that Rutgers game versus Nebraska. There's going to still be a lot of eyeballs because that's what Nebraska does. They draw eyes to their product. They might be drawing fewer eyes because of how poor they're playing. Um, because there, there was points. I mean, and I got tweeted at a couple times. We got in pl- plenty of texts as well that fans think this is unwatchable. This was a turn the channel game it, yeah. it, early in the second quarter that on national te- television. That's why I say it reminds me of a Pelini game, but it's uh, it's that's how it was the last few years. He was there and it's just a return to that feeling. And you're right. It, it happened a few times under Riley happened a few times under frost, but um, it's, it's uh, it for all the hype, for all the excitement. Again, if they could have kept this thing close, there would have been just a lot of energy moving forward for Nebraska football, both locally and even nationally, yeah. uh, with a new belief in Mickey Joseph. And again, not Mickey Joseph's fault, but this does make it considerably more difficult for him to to regain and, and get that energy back um, for for this football team and in yeah. uh, the fan base in, in totality. I mean, you, you think about Trev Alberts and the. Uh, the obstacles they're going to have selling seats moving forward. We'll see. I mean, they're, the Husker fan base is incredible, but they're not sold out. They're yet. not sold out yet. Um, let's go back to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. I believe is this Tim on the Honda Lincoln Hotline? All right, Tim is. Uh, this is Brian. Oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. Okay, sorry, Brian. They, they, we got the numbers mixed up. What's on your mind? I appreciate. I appreciate no, you being okay. patient, man. That's all right. So, yeah, I was just watching this game versus mercifully. I was uh, mm-hmm. trying to get flashbacks. I was thinking of a. Uh, Eric Shenander is like, man, this guy really reminds me of Kevin Cosgrove <laughs> to a sense. But oh, wait a second. I mean, that, he actually made uh, made him look like James Leonard at this point in time. I mean, it was pathetic. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah, that, that was that was not good. I mean, you guys talked about that here just a couple minutes ago. Listen to you guys on hold. I mean, I watched things all the way through. I was in the heyday of fans and everything. I mean, I left and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to IV. I'm not going to watch this anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was not good. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the other thing, too, I'm kind of thinking about is, you know, with his performance with the coaching search, I mean, T. 
people who are under consideration, do they start looking at this and be like, man, I don't want that job? I mean, does that make it harder? I mean, for them to well, bring people in? I mean, I don't, what do you guys think? Th- thank you, Brian. I, I appreciate the call. I, w- I would say this. I, I don't necessarily think it makes it harder, and, and I don't think you're going to have that issue of, oh, gosh, I don't want to ruin my career here because no coach has – I mean, every coach that is going to be considered for the job all the way from Urban Meyer to Matt Campbell to Lance Leipold at Kansas is going to sit back and say, I have confidence in myself as a competitor to be able to turn this around. And it's at a place like Nebraska. Like, And, and also, as sad as it is to say – Sit back and ask yourself what the expectation in Nebraska is. Or what it's going to be the worst they exactly. look as it goes along. Exactly. Basically the worst they do I mean, as the season goes. With a new goes. coach, is it next year? Is the expectation a national title? That's what it is at Oklahoma. Right. Like we talked to – so, Bach, I, I talked to Chris Plank of the Sooners Radio Network this week, and he was like, he told me that the expectation with Brent Venables was higher than it ever had been with Lincoln Riley. Why? Because Brent Venables came in and said, we're going to do a couple things. Bob Stoops, you're going to lead me through this. There's nobody that knows the Oklahoma Sooners landscape better than you do. Mm -hmm. So he allowed Bob Stoops to kind of guide him through the early process, which is very valuable. Number two, he said, this has always been a, a program driven by the players. Brought all the former players back. Every former player, they have like six or seven former players as coaches on their staff. Yeah, Jeff Lebby, as an offensive coordinator, man, they're gonna they're they're set up well if they're able to hold that staff together for the SEC because Jeff Lebby's a guy who has been an offensive coordinator in the SEC with Ole Miss last season, and Brent Venables as great of a defensive mind as he is, that you got the complete package. They're they're going to be able to compete if they are able to comp- uh, compete and I guess play possibly in playoff games. Like, if they are able to keep things together, they are going to be a complete football team. And, and Nebraska is a, a bad football team right now, but give credit where credit's due. Oklahoma came in, took the air out of the stadium by the end of the first quarter, and it was never in doubt. Yeah, and I think that's part of it, too. I think there is this kind of unknown about Oklahoma coming into the game. Are they going to continue with the success of Lincoln Riley? Haven't really been tested. Is this defense for real? Can Brent Venables, you know, make a, a poor, you know, a porous mm-hmm. defense um, really good all of a sudden? And, you know, it, it's hard to say, again, with all the changes going on, but you have to admit that Nebraska's offense has put up some pretty good numbers the first three games. And for Oklahoma's defense to do this, I, I do think that, you know that number six ranking is a little bit more respected now for yeah. Oklahoma getting a team uh, a win here in Lincoln on national TV. Not just a win, a blowout. I mean, again, they could have named their score there, um, but for but for Nebraska, um, they're obviously they're just so far away from that. And I, again, I, I think that when you think about the expectations for the coach coming in. It's not going to be anything near. It's going to be a. It's going to be a kind of a slow build. It's going to have to be, um, because they're unless you make and, and maybe maybe you know with the transfer portal things that happen these days in college football, um, it it could be quicker than the usual slow build. But yeah. I just don't think the expectations are going to be so hot or, or so high, almost regardless of who the coach is in year one. So a little bit of breaking news from Mickey Joseph's press conference. Uh, we will have the audio in the next segment here. Uh, he has announced that Teddy Prohaska is done for the year hmm. um, and is going to redshirt this season. Uh, so this is going to be the second Whew. time that uh, Teddy Prohaska, and as bad as it is to say, Bach, in the small sample size that we've seen Teddy Prohaska, he's been Nebraska's best offensive lineman, but not by a wide margin. Right. He didn't look right. like he it's, it's was not, back he, to what he was not, last year. Exactly, which we saw in a very, very small capacity last yeah. season. 
this season it'll actually look like he may have regressed, which he did talk in, in, in fall camp about there's a difference between getting back healthy and getting back into game shape. Yeah. And there's there's a big difference there. But I, I just think that um, when you look at this offensive line, it is it is going to be, once again, year after year, the bugaboo of, of this program. Let's go back to the phone line. Um, I, I'm, I apologize, caller. Who's this? This is Tim. Tim, what's up, man? Appreciate you being patient. patient. What's on your mind? Hey, not much. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, Nick, I can tell you're fired up, man. I can feel the passion. Um, you, you blend in with the rest of the Husker fans. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, my dad and I, we were at the game. Um, I'm sorry. It, I told him <laughs> when. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I told him <laughs> when we were there and, and leaving the game. Um, it's going to be a long season. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really is. It's becoming more and more evident that we just do not have the rosters. Um, not only in our starting lineup, but behind those guys, to bring in any depth, to rotate those guys. It's totally, totally, um, it, it's very obvious on our offensive line and our defensive line. Um, we just, we don't have the foundation. You know, at this point, guys, um, let's just be optimistic. And, 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 and I'm just curious, um, do you guys think, you know, can, can Mickey get at least two wins under his belt? We've got Indiana and we've got Rutgers. The rest of the games, I'm going to cross my fingers, but do you guys think he can at least put this team together to just get us two wins and, and try to give this team some sort of hope that we don't lose kids that are currently here? Anthony Grant, we cannot lose him. You know, Casey, I would love to yeah. stay. And the other ones are the guys that are going to, you know, the guys that are possibly coming here. You know, are they going to see what Mickey's going to do and say, nope, we don't want this? Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I. And, and here's the thing, Buck, when we talk about potential of losing athletes to the transfer portal, SIP actually had a tweet that said something along the lines of, seven, I bet 70-plus teams right now are actively recruiting A.J. Allen. Yeah, I saw that. Right? <laughs> and you sat, I, like, I sat back, and I just kind of took a deep breath, like, oh, boy. Because yeah. um, I, like you're more concerned about losing A.J. Allen, and you're more concerned about losing a... I don't know, throw a young receiver in there, like Victor Jones Jr. You're, you're more working. Now, obviously, we haven't seen him, so there's been that lack of production. But it's like you're, you're sitting here going, I don't know how bad it's going to get because it seems like it, it's gotten as bad as it could be, and then each week it gets worse and worse. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that that's naturally going to happen. I mean, just 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 buckle up for this thing. As as Tim said, it's it's really hard to imagine, and and this is hard to say as a Husker fan. It's hard to imagine this team not you know exceeding the three win mark probably at this point. Now, again, to, to your point earlier, the Big Ten West doesn't look good. Iowa still hasn't scored like 10 points in a game. So, I mean, there, there's... Yeah. there's you, you could sit here and say Nebraska might win two more games because of how bad the Big Ten West yeah. is, not because of how good Nebraska is. Yeah, so, I mean, they'll, they'll, I, I still think they have a chance in many of these games. We'll see how Minnesota looks. Uh, they might they might be an outlier. Mi- Michigan's probably an outlier. Um, but many of these Michigan's games... Michigan's good. Michigan's going to be good. Michigan's very good. Wisconsin's typically probably going to be Wisconsin, get better as the season goes on. That might, might be another game with the history there that uh, I don't necessarily expect him to be in at this point. But, um, you know, it's a long season. There, there can, but, I mean, I guess to, to, to your point, though, if, if there is a coaching transition beyond Mickey Joseph, um, there's going to be probably more departures than there would be if Mickey stays. That's not a reason alone to keep Mickey. Um, but, 
it is it is just the the where we are in college football and yeah it would it would help to keep a guy here and there but if you have a couple three and nine seasons it's it, you know it's not the worst thing to to start from, from scratch unfortunately um just because there's not a lot to build on there not saying like obviously Anthony Grant and AJ Allen would be great guys to keep but yeah. I mean, you, you guys got to do cannot, what's best. You, can, you for themselves. cannot operate your your program in the with with the thought process of we got to operate just to keep guys here. Right. You can't do that. Um, because then, I mean, then you lose accountability and you lose responsibility and and things like that. Um, once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the uh, Sarder Hammond text line. Uh, Kidoba guy says this. Shout out to Bach. Bach's the only one who doesn't have to walk back on all of his comments from this last week. Everyone else at the station stopped drinking the Kool Aid. So, yeah, <laughs> nice job, Bach. No, I, I'd rather be wrong than yeah, right. But no, I mean, I, I haven't definitely uh, swam in the Kool Aid this off season, or you know. But it it kind of is what it is. Uh, uh, Mickey Joseph said, "This is on me, uh, not my players, not my assistant coaches. I've got to accept responsibility." So, uh, update around the country. Syracuse took the lead over Purdue with seven seconds left in the game. Darn it. So, there goes Purdue. Um, let's go back to the phone <laughs> line here. 402-464-5685. Caller, who's this? Hello. Hello? Hey, caller, who's this? Uh, this is Gordon. Gordon, how's it going, man? Appreciate you being patient. No, no problem. What's on your mind? My problem is what I'm seeing with the coaches and the players is they gave up on tradition. How so? It just seems like, oh, we're losing. Okay, whatever. And they just give up and they just pull the towel in and just play because, you know, hey, we're here on the field. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, Gordon. Appreciate the thought. Um, Thanks for being patient. There were several times, I, admittedly, even down 28-7, to seven, um, you know, there's a chance to score at the end of the half, get the ball first, and they just couldn't capitalize on any of those on any of those opportunities. But, again, at the same time, they were just athletically overwhelmed at a certain point, and schemat- schematically. I mean, this again, this is partially on the coaches, too, and, and I'm glad Mickey Joseph takes the whole blame. That's what a coach should do. Um, but, you know, I... I, I, I I don't know. It, it, it's always hard to measure effort, especially when you're uh, when you're outmatched. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get to break. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph uh, on the other side of this commercial break. Uh, this is the Husker After Party Post Game Show on the ticket. Make sure you chime into the show four zero two four six four five six eight five on the Honda Lincoln Hotline or the Sarder Heyman text line. You can also add your thoughts on the Sarder Heyman Jewelers video stream, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Now. Down the road, once again, we'll get to Mickey Joseph. We'll have that talent discussion. Is it a talent issue? Is it a development issue? Let's let's have that discussion after the break here as well. Um, but want to hear your calls, want to hear your thoughts, and we'll also obviously address the whole coaching discussion down the road here in a little bit. You're listening to the Husker After Party Post Game Show on 93.7 The Ticket. Nick Sander, Jake Bakoven. We'll be right back on The Ticket. <laughs> 